This is the Lord's Passover. In the name of Jesus. What is the sacrament of the altar? What is the Lord's Supper? It is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ under the bread and wine instituted by Christ himself for us Christians to eat and to drink, as the Catechism teaches us. What was the Passover? It was the Lord's Passover, Yahweh's Passover. But what was it? Well, to put it simply, it is the flesh of the spotless lamb along with bitter herbs and unleavened bread instituted by Yahweh himself for the Israelites to eat and to drink. Now, I don't want you to get the idea that the more things change, the more they stay the same. It's not, all, it's not that at all. It's actually what Paul says in Colossians 2, verse 17. When it comes to the Old Testament ceremonial laws, the laws about priests and sacrifices and celebrations like Passover, Paul says, these are a shadow of the things to come, but the body that casts the shadow is Christ's. So we've got before us this evening two things, the shadow and the body that casts the shadow. We've got two testaments, two great acts of salvation, and two meals that the Lord himself puts on to go with those two acts of salvation. It is the Lord's Passover. It is the Lord's Supper. The Old Testament story of salvation, the one Yahweh always called his people back to, was the Exodus. I am Yahweh your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. He worked his plagues not only to judge the Egyptians or Pharaoh, but also the false gods of Egypt. Over their gods I execute judgments. They are just stone statues after all. The Lord kills the firstborn of Egypt from Pharaoh's house all the way down to the lowest of slaves. And that would have included the Israelites too, save for the blood on their doorposts and lintel. I will see the blood and pass over, the Lord promises. And the Lord leads them then out of Egypt that night and eventually drowns hard-hearted Pharaoh and all his host in the Red Sea. Along with this great salvation, the Lord instituted a meal. They didn't just kill the lamb and put its blood around the door. They chose the lamb, they killed the lamb, and they ate the lamb. In a sense, they knew the blood marked their door because they were eating the flesh of the lamb from which that blood had been taken. Now, why is all this Passover stuff important? For one thing, the words of institution tell us, in the same way also after supper. It wasn't just any meal. The Passover is the supper 
after which Jesus institutes the sacrament of the altar. It is his supper just as it was his Passover. He is the one who instituted it for Israel. He is the only one who could have implemented a new meal. Because Jesus claims to be the God of Israel. He claims to be, I am, Yahweh, the Lord of the Old Testament. A claim that's proved by his death and also his resurrection. When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am, Jesus says. Jesus does the Passover. It is the Lord's Passover. Then he institutes his last will and testament, the sacrament of the altar, the supper of his body and blood, the Lord's Supper. Besides this, the Passover was only temporary. The ceremonial laws, like the Passover, were to continue only for the predetermined time set by God, namely up to Christ. And we know this because when Moses speaks of ceremonial laws, he usually uses a phrase like the one we heard this evening, you shall keep it as a feast for your generations. Jesus fulfills the Passover, not only by keeping it, but by his death. The Passover was a shadow of the things to come, but the body that casts the shadow is Christ's. Specifically, his body on the cross casts a shadow backward on the sacrifices of Israel. And in the shadow, not everything is clearly defined, but the overall shape is known. Christ is the Lamb of God, the Lamb without blemish, who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is also the true firstborn Son, the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. He is the firstborn of the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, as the scriptures say. And the firstborn Egyptian sons, who could have been protected had they only joined the Israelite homes, died that night. The Israelite lambs also died. They were slaughtered at twilight, or between two evenings, literally. Christ also sacrificed. In a miraculous evening, there was darkness over the whole land from the sixth hour until the ninth hour. And Jesus did all of this fulfilling and dying for you and for all. This is now the new and greater act of salvation. The Son of God dying for the sins of his people. The creator of the universe becomes the propitiation for our sins and the sins of the whole world. As our hymn put it, 
You laid the one into the grave who built the earth's foundation. There are no sins, no hypocrisy, no false gods, no devil, no hell, no earthly or demonic power that holds you captive anymore. Though the Lord's people always want to go back to Egypt, don't they? Not so for you. The Lord acted to save you, suffering, cross, death, grave, resurrection too. No bigger salvation than God himself dying and rising for you. If that doesn't do it, nothing will. And he makes sure that you get it. That's what the Lord's Supper is all about. Just like he made sure that the Israelites got their protection from his judgment. Blood and flesh of the Lamb. The Lord hosts a meal. Just like with the Passover in Exodus, so the Lord always hosts a feast of salvation to go along with his act of salvation. He institutes the supper of his body and blood, his last will and testament to give you the fruits and benefits of his cross. He gives you his body to eat, the body given into death, then raised and now glorified. He gives you his blood to drink, the blood shed at Calvary, then flowing once again after Easter and now glorified, living forever. That body and blood for you, and the benefit is clear. Forgiveness of sins. You have to be saved. The full cross and empty tomb prove it. You have to be forgiven. His body and blood in your mouth mean that. Just like the Israelites ate the flesh of the lamb, so also you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood, Jesus says, has eternal life, and I will resurrect him on the last day. See, his blood now marks our door, the door of our hearts. Faith points to it, death passes o'er, and Satan, just like Pharaoh, cannot harm us. The Passover was the flesh of the spotless lamb along with bitter herbs and unleavened bread instituted by Yahweh himself for the Israelites to eat and to drink. The sacrament of the altar is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ under the bread and wine instituted by Christ himself for us Christians to eat and to drink, as the Catechism teaches us. The Lord saves and then puts on a supper. Salvation, then a meal to assure that salvation. Passover for the Exodus, the sacrament of the altar for Jesus' death and resurrection. The Lord hosts a feast of salvation for you. That's what the Lord does. Not just for Israel, but for you. He wants it for all his people, all people to be in the household of Israel. Communion of the Lamb in each separate house. Anyway, the Lord hosts a feast of salvation for you. He saves you, and then he wants you to have that salvation to eat and drink salvation. 
That's what his supper is all about for you. Hosting his Calvary and Easter for you at his table. The forgiveness he won for you is your very forgiveness here at his table. His body and blood are yours. Can't be any other way, can it? How can you doubt it? You've eaten, you've drunk, or you're well on your way. Even the nursing infants were saved and brought through the Red Sea waters. Yeah, baptism foreshadowed too. So many good gifts when the Lord hosts a feast of salvation for you. In the name of Jesus.